Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We are so happy you are here. The word Kalos means beautiful in poorly pronounced Greek. But we think Jesus is so beautiful and we are here to help everyone see just that. Like many of you, the COVID-19 virus has affected us greatly, but we are still here for you. In fact, our pastors have crafted a sermon that we can't wait to share with you. Let's jump in right now. We are so excited because today we are going to continue our series alone together. It's going to be a really beautiful sermon, I believe. And before we do that, every week we have been sharing a praise report and a Mm -hmm. prayer request uh, from people, real people that are in our church community. And it is keeping us connected. Mm -hmm. I love this part of our service. And I want to share a praise report with you. And that is this. Last week, we launched 20 small groups at Kalos Church. It was so incredible. People just decided to step up and say, we've got to keep people together, alone Mm -hmm. together. And so these 20 small groups launched this last week and many people joined. And last week I shared that you don't have to be a part of our Kalos Church community. You don't have to have ever uh, come to our church before to join a Kalos small group. And there are some people that have been coming and jumping into our community having never met us in real life or met each other in real life and one of the women said I have joined two small groups this last week and through a lot of transition in my life and hardship I finally feel like I have a church home wow and I am so touched by that because it's during a time of quarantine that people are saying I have a church home that's why we continue to do church together so praise God for such an incredible testimony today I also want to share a prayer request, and we're all going to spend some time Mm -hmm. praying together. Um, This last week, I got a phone call from a dear friend, uh, Alice, who comes to our church at Kalos, who has three beautiful, amazing children. And Alice is a single mom. And Alice just brought me into the situation of what it's like to be in quarantine during a pandemic as a single mother of three children. And... There is so much happening for her. She doesn't have a lot of help. Mm. Uh, She's by herself with her kids all day, every day. And let alone there is that financial burden that is also on her as well to provide for her kids. Um, I think one of the things that I'm realizing more and more too is that for single parent households, there is a journey of being alone that is very different than what many of us experience. And so today I want to pray for Alice, I want to pray for her children, and I want to pray for all of the single moms and dads out there. And I want you to know that the church sees you, and the church cares about you. Mm -hmm. And if you feel moved to pray for Alice and for other parents as well, as maybe even feel uh, moved to tangibly uh, care for them in different ways, I just want to invite you to be the church uh, and to do that. So let's just pray all together for single parents and for Alice. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for Alice. I thank you Mm -hmm. for the brave and courageous mother and woman of God that she is. Father, I just ask right now that you would rest your presence in her home with her children. God, the day in and day out of quarantine, I pray you would give her great strength. 
great grace. I pray that that them as a family, they would recognize that we are wrapping our arms around them, Mm -hmm. Jesus, that we love them and we care for them so much. Lord, for anyone that's tuning in that is a single mother or a single father, I pray, Jesus, that they would know that they have not been forgotten, that you see them, that we as a church see them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love uh, every single parent that is out there and their children so well. Lord, we lift them up and I ask that you would bring encouragement to their household, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so excited that we are continuing our series alone together. Pastor Pradeepan is bringing the word today. Let's give it up for him. Alone together. I love this series. I think many of us are in our isolated quarantine states, but we're together in this. And today I'm going to be talking about the idea of making friendships in unusual circumstances. You know, there's something about the trial of fire that bonds us to a community and makes friends in a way that we normally don't find. And I want to turn to a scripture in 1 Samuel where we see that King David makes friends with people in a cave, a really unusual circumstance, but it really creates a true community. Let's turn to 1 Samuel 21. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath, so he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. Have you ever formed a friendship in a crazy time? That's exactly what happened to Dave in a cave. For me, it happened in college. You know, every year, our college student body threw something called the Battle of the Bands, where different bands would compete, singers, and then the student body would be able to vote for their favorite artist. And this was a very fierce competition. And I realized I didn't have the musical talent to win this compared to some of the people that we were battling against. Some of them are like the band Laney, uh, Ben Rector, Edison Glass, uh, Safety Suit. I mean, it was a really intense group of people. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to win this, we're going to have to find some sort of creative loophole. And so we created this phrase, why vote for a band you're not in? We decided since people can vote as much as they want, they can vote. We're going to make a giant super band called Monsters of the Deepen, Pradeepen, Deepen. And we're going to get like as many people involved. So we had close to 100 people in the band. And so we all just voted for ourselves. And guess what? We did really well. I don't want to be prideful. I want to still be super (laughs) humble because y'all know me as super humble. I'm one of the most humble people I know. You say that, right? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, uh, we we did really well. And it's because we found that loophole. But after that, you know, we we experienced a lot of drama from people like, you're breaking the rules. You're changing the rules. Like, you can't do that. We got a lot of hate from the other musicians. In fact, for the next year, they changed the rules. Like, bands were limited to (laughs) so many votes. And so, uh, The people in the band, though, as we created this strategy together, as we experienced the persecution of the feedback from the artists, we really bonded together. And I I cherish those memories. And it was friends that I normally did not hang out with. But because we had that experience, because we had that common mission, because we had that battle together, it really forged a very special community and a friendship. And Well, let's be honest, like we're in quarantine and we're wondering, how do we make friends? How do we connect with people? And to be honest, that's not a question that's new for many of us. 
Many of us feel like our best friendships were formed when we were children. They're formed when we were in high school. Those special connections, that special group, that special community was formed in college. And now as adults, we're like, how do you make friends? Mm. How do you connect with people? Like I'm having a hard time as it is. And now I'm in a quarantine. Mm. I'm in isolation. I can't leave my house anymore. And when I do see people in public, I don't even know how I'm supposed to talk to them. Do we wave? Do we talk? Are we breaking the quarantine rules? I don't know what to do. It's a very difficult reality. And so I think some of us kind of believe the lie, you know, now that as an adult, I guess I'm just not cut out for good friendships. I just will never find that spark. I will never find that person I can connect with. You know, other people, they're special, they're popular, they're cool, they can have friends, but me, you know, people just don't get me. People don't understand me. Friendship is just not in the cards for me. And and I wanna preach a message on this very subject, especially in a quarantine, because I, I believe we're gonna experience some friendships on the outside, on the other side of this quarantine. Yeah, when we're outside of isolation, I believe that there are friendships forming right now. I believe there's the, the potential for people to bond in this crisis, like people in a cave, like me in a band. I believe that this quarantine is gonna be the reason some of us say, wow, I found my best friend. Mm. And so I really wanna look into the story from 1 Samuel where David makes this friendship, this community, this army in a cave. And I believe that we have a lot to learn from it. And so let's go into that story again. We see that in 1 Samuel, it says, when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, David being in the cave, they went down to him there. All those who are in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. So let's bring some context to the story. David had been anointed as king over Israel. And there seems to be some distance between his promise and the promised land. Yes, he is anointed as king. Yes, he has slain the giant Goliath. But now he's hiding. He's running away. The current king is jealous that this young boy is killing giants, is slaying thousands of people. People are celebrating King David as the future king, as this mighty warrior. So the current king Saul gets really jealous of David and, and threatens his life. And so that's why David's running away. That's why David's going into the cave. And so he's in this cave, running away from his safety, wondering, God, did you call me to be king? God, what is the plan? I'm a long way from the palace. What am I doing? I'm isolated. In fact, there's a Psalm, Psalm 142, where David uses some really strong language to describe his time in the cave. He says, he says things like, my soul is in a prison in Psalm 142. He says, nobody cares for me. He feels isolated, alone, disconnected from people like many of us feel right now in quarantine, like many of us have felt for a long time since we haven't been able to find deep and meaningful friendships. But what happens? What happens? It says that when his father's household heard about it, when people heard about it, they went down there to him. Mm. They gathered around him. They knew he felt alone. They knew he was in a cave. And so they didn't just leave him there. They gathered around him. And I think that was the basis for a new community really forming. Why? Because number one, I believe that caves create crews. Caves create crews. Hmm. When you see someone going through a struggle and you gather around them in that crisis, a true bond 
forms. Mm. And it's so amazing to see that kind of friendship. You say things to yourself, wow, this person has my back. When you reach out to someone, you start to understand, wow, I must really care about them. I have their back. And, you know, there are so many TV shows or movies that we love to watch where we see unlikely groups form together, <laughs> like Stranger Things, yeah. right? We love these kids. They probably wouldn't hang out with a random girl in the forest otherwise, but because of the stranger circumstances, <laughs> now they're not strangers anymore. You know, we think of the, the Goonies, another unlikely group. We think of Dory, right? Marlin, Nemo, just keep on swimming together. And uh, there's these realities that crisis forms friendship. If you want to rhyme for it, here it is. Adversity forges community. Mm. Mm. Adversity forges community. You know, last week I was actually practicing a sermon in my car. I went to a beautiful view here in Bellevue overlooking Lake Sammamish and I'm practicing my sermon. Well, I guess I left my keys in the ignition too long and the battery died. Well, around that time I saw Nathan Arona jogging and it was like, wow, a human. And I was so excited to see him. He jogged by and then I was like, wait, my car is dead. So I called him and I, I said, hey, can you help me? My car is dead. I, I need a jump start. He said, hey, I'm coming. Well, he shows up with the whole family. Oh. And it's so exciting. I think we're all just looking for excuses to connect as real people. I don't think he had to bring the whole family, but he literally brought his whole family. Oh. Hey, let's go jumpstart a pastor's car is what I'm, I'm, I'm assuming yes. what the conversation at home sounded like. And so they come, we're all waving at each other through windows. He jumpstarts the car. We kind of linger and talk to each other a little bit. I miss you. I'm six feet away, though. Yeah. Six feet away, though. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I felt closer to them, though, because I was in trouble. Mm -hmm. And they rescued me. And literally, the adversity of my car battery dying, physically, not closer than six feet, but physically brought the whole family around my car. Mm -hmm. And while, while that's a funny story, it's an example of what happens to many of us during mm -hmm. crisis when we let our guards down when we recognize we're in trouble and we allow people to help us, these friendships form. When we realize that there are other people going through the same struggles, the same commonality as me, it brings us together. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He says, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And so I really want to challenge all of us, just like people gathered around King David in the cave, I want to challenge us to gather around people. Yeah. Let's not use the quarantine as an excuse to socially isolate. You know, in fact, I would challenge all of us. Let's find our people in the quarantine. You might notice that some people in your life are really stepping up during this pandemic. They're checking in on you. They're caring for you. Maybe they're bringing you food and you feel like, wow, these people have my back. Some people who you thought you were close to, you're like, where are they? Mm -hmm. Like, they don't care about me. They, they're not answering my phone calls. They're not responding to my texts. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be like super narcissistic here. I realize like we're in a pandemic. We're all doing our best to kind of like survive this and take care of ourselves. And I understand like, you know, not everybody can be there for me or us like all the time. I know, I know you got to take care of your stuff. But at the same time, we're realizing that there are some people stepping up in our lives and some people who are checking out when they could have the potential to check in or be in your life.
And I, I think some of us are going to realize, wow, this quarantine has exposed some of my nearest and dearest friendships. This quarantine is unlocking a connection that I never thought was possible. I, I'm finding friendships on the other side of this quarantine. And I love the reality that David went into the cave alone, but they came out together. Yeah, He went into this quarantine alone, but they came out together. And I think that's going to be our testimony. Yeah. I, I maybe felt alone at the beginning of the quarantine, but I, I found a special connection. Mm -hmm. I made a friendship. I bonded with my community at Kalos. I bonded with my small group. I bonded with a friend. Maybe it started off as you reaching out to someone and now they're reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. That's friendship. Mm -hmm. That's special. That's important. And I believe that's something we can all do. So caves create crews. Mm -hmm. Through adversity, I believe we have the opportunity to find community. Amen. Amen. Number two, what I'm seeing in this scripture is this. Caves uncover callings. Mm. You know, David went there probably questioning his calling as a king. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I fought this giant. I won. But now I'm running for my life. God, mm. I thought you wanted me to be the king of Israel, of Judah. Like, where are you? What's happening? I have these dreams. I have these prophecies. I have these ideas. I have this vision of how my life was supposed to look. But now I'm alone in a cave? Are you seriously? I could imagine him feeling insecure. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Am I am I broken good, goods? Are my best days behind me? Like, what is wrong with me? And, and, and during this time, let's revisit that scripture. It says that all those who are in distress or in debt or disconnected gathered around him. And I love this next part. It says, and he became their commander. He became their commander. And what I see in this circumstance is while things are not ideal, while things are not perfect, while David is pretty sad, he still stepped up and seized the opportunity to be a commander. He didn't wait until he was in the palace to operate in his calling. He didn't wait until he was sitting on a throne to act like a commander. Even when everything was crumbling around him, he said, you know what? I am going to step into my calling. I am going to fight for my destiny. And I realize it's attached to people. And so I can bless people now. I don't have to wait until everything in the future is lined up and perfect. And I think he's really tapping into this community because he is tapping into his mission. You know, there's a concept that I really like, and it's the difference between community and communitas. I love talking about this. Community, let me read a definition. In community, people bond, but the reason they're together is self-interest. It's community for me, not me for the community, as it is with communitas. In communitas, our purpose for bonding is to have a life-altering adventure we can engage in together. They had a mission. David became their commander. They did not have a huddle and cuddle mindset. They didn't just feel sorry for themselves. I can imagine David started speaking life into them, saying, hey, there's more for you. Hey, you have the ability to be a mighty man, a mighty woman. Let me lead you. Let me draw out your gifts and your talents. Let's fight this mission together. You know what? God has not given up on us. There are still people to reach. There are still giants to defeat. And David became their commander. You know, one of the frustrations I have is when people feel like they're called to something or passionate about something, but they're not doing anything about it. I'm like, don't say you're passionate about it if you're not willing to suffer for it, mm -hmm. if you're not willing to go after it. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, some people, like in my life, because I'm a pastor, a lot of people will talk to me, hey, I feel called to be a pastor. And then I'm asking, 
Like, hey, are you planted in a church? Are you praying for people? Are you leading a small group? Are you serving? No, no, I just don't feel like the timing is right. I just, I haven't been doing this for years. I'm like, don't tell me you're called to be a pastor when you're not even willing to pastor the people who are around you right now. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, there are people who tell me like, ah, I could never be a leader. I could never be a pastor. And I'm like, sister, when I watch your life, I see you praying for people. I see you leading people to Jesus. Every time we have a church service, you're bringing people. Every time we do an online service, you're sharing it with people. You're taking people in comments. You're helping people understand what baptism is about. You're more of a pastor than a lot of people that I've met. You're stewarding the time that you have right now to impact people. Because guess what? Tomorrow is not a guarantee. And if you wait for a year or 10 years from now to step into your calling, it might be too late. And I love that in the cave, David became a commander. And the people allowed him to become a commander. He didn't wait until the situation was ideal. And I think, I think you know what? You're never going to be perfect enough to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Leadership, the requirement for leadership is not perfection. And I know we need to be healthy people. I know we have to follow Jesus and he's going to set us on a strong foundation. We need to have character and integrity. We need to stand on the solid rock of Jesus. But what I'm seeing most of the time is broken people help broken people. And yes, we fight for wholeness, but I still have broken pieces in my life. You still have brokenness in your life. And so we're not waiting till everything is perfect. Everything is peaceful for us to step into our calling. We're wounded healers. Even when Jesus was on the cross in pain, suffering, he focused on others. He said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Even in the midst of his pain, he could still focus on others. And I still think that we can too. And, uh, you know, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to uncovering your calling, sometimes it's as simple as solving a problem. In fact, that's why we have callings. We're advancing the kingdom of God. We're saying, Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What problem can I solve right now? Because tomorrow is not a guarantee. You know, I like this quote. It says, there are no great people in this world. Only great challenges which ordinary people rise to meet. It's just ordinary people doing great things. And I, I think many of us will uncover our calling. And as we tap into our mission, our calling will unlock a sense of communitas. Not just the community should serve me. Not just the church should feed me. Yes, that's definitely a part of it. But I am part of a mission. Mm -hmm. I am part of an army. I want to advance God's agenda and will. Take me off the bench, put me in. I want to have that special bond with the team. It's solving problems. It's seeing a need and taking the lead. That's another rhyme. <laughs> That's another rhyme. And you know what? We're seeing it happen. I'm so proud of our Kalos community. People are rising up. We launched over 20, or 20 small groups. We launched 20 small groups with over 30 leaders. Yeah. I am so proud. Yeah. There are people stepping up with our social media team, gathering content, editing videos, so many things. People greeting on our, our Facebook premiere videos. You're probably greeting right now. I mean, it's just so amazing to see people step up praying for one another, saying, you know what? I, I don't know what's happening in this pandemic, but what can I do right now? I'm going to be a commander in the cave. And this is what David did. And that pumps me up because I believe God's going to use us all 
even while we have brokenness, even while our circumstances aren't perfect. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 And the third thing I'm seeing in the scripture that I really like is this. Caves reveal Christ. Mm. Caves reveal Christ. In the scripture, let's read that again. It says, all those who are in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. These men, what a description, distressed, in mm -hmm. debt, mm. discontented. How would you like to be described that way? Mm. I think if we're honest, many of us are described that way right now, especially when the world is going crazy. I'm distressed. Mm. We've got some debt. I went to Bible college. Mm. <laughs> and, and we're discontented. We're not super happy with this situation. And they looked to David and they said, hey, we, we're going to look to you. Would you lead us? And then later on in the scriptures, we find out David did lead them out of their cave. And how does this scripture describe these men in 2 Samuel chapter 23, 8? It says this, these are the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tacmonite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains. The same was Adino and Esnite. And it lists on over 30 mighty men. And so they, they are described in this scripture as in debt, discontented, distressed. And then later on in 2 Samuel, they're described as mighty men. Mm. And I, I just love this, this ragtag group of misfits. They look to David as their commander and he transforms them from this weird group of people isolated in, in a cave to literally the leaders of a whole nation. And I, I think this is what happens in caves a lot of time. I mean, so many times God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he screams to us in our pains. Mm -hmm. And in the cave, we have no choice but to look to God. I know even in this quarantine, I'm like, God, I feel like my bones are achy. I feel like my energy is lowering. God, I really need you. And this is what God does. When we are weak and we look to him, he is a great commander. And he brings us salvation. He brings us a fresh start. And God is consistently in the business of creating a mighty army of unlikely people. And you might feel like the most unlikely person. You might feel like you're alone and you're isolated because you're broken goods. You might be questioning your calling or community because you think there's something wrong with you. But if there is something wrong with you, I have good news. God uses people like that all the time. Yeah. I mean, since we're talking about Bible college so much in this sermon, I want to let you in on a little secret. I got kicked out of the Bible school dorms for being too naked. That's one of your pastors. That actually happened. And now look at me now. Clothed. <laughs> yes, fully clothed and not ashamed. I was so unlikely. You know, the fact that I'm a pastor right now, my family is like, we never would have seen that. You are so messed up. You are so jacked up. You are so unpredictable. You are so depressed. You were not focused. I was failing all my classes all the time. I was getting so many detentions. I had been arrested and thrown in jail. And now to see that all these years later, I can be a pastor and God could use someone like me. I'm not saying I'm all that. I'm saying I was the least likely person to be a pastor but i praise the lord that he can create a mighty army out of misfits me being i feel one of the greatest misfits of them all and if god can use me he can use you and when we're in our cave caves 
reveal Christ because we have to look to him. We realize our strength, our leadership is not enough, but he is. Hebrews 2.10 talks about God's leadership. It says, God for whom and through whom everything was made chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. And so if you're a misfit, I have this question for you. Are you letting God be your commander? If you would look to him and find true community with God, I believe that he would lead you into uncovering your calling, becoming a mighty person in his army, and being connected with true community. But it all starts by looking to Christ as a commander. Mm -hmm. Such an important principle. Mm -hmm. And so today, as we wrap up the sermon, I just want to challenge you. Find your people in the quarantine. Mm. Find your calling in the quarantine. Solve a problem. Let God speak to you about the solutions you can bring, how you can advance the kingdom, how you can pastor and love and help the people who are around you right now. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your friend. How can you help them right now? And let's let Christ be our commander. Amen. You know, I I just want to close with this story about finding true community in the crisis. You know, uh, a number of months ago, we took a family trip to Kansas, Mm -hmm. and it was a nightmare. Mm. I mean, we got stranded in the airport a total of four and a half days. Going there, coming back, we actually had to, in between Wichita and here, have an overnight in Denver. And during that time, our son got really sick. Mm -hmm. In fact, we had to take him to the ER like twice, Mm -hmm. and he had to get an IV. He was just three years old. and. It was just so bad. He literally did not move his body for 48 hours. We were tired in the airport. We were distressed. We were so sick of traveling. And when we got home, we were so moved that that Kim and Kira, they cleaned our house. They made us chicken noodle soup. Mm. As soon as we walked in, they grabbed our suitcases. Mm. They got our kids ready for bed. And they just said, you guys need to rest. And it was really at that moment I realized these are really special people in our lives. They really care for us. They have our back. And it's not just because they serve us and they did serve us and they helped us, but I could tell they they really care for us and and realize we're going through a hard time. And honestly, it's a moment like that you realize who really has your back, who really cares about you. In a moment of great pain, of distress, of discontentment, you find true community and friendship. And my prayer is that more of us in the Kalos community would be just like them. That we would find people to love. And in that tragedy, in that crisis, when people who need our help receive it, and when we receive help, I believe we're going to find friendship in this quarantine. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the scripture. And I pray that you would help us to find true friendship. For those of us who feel incredibly alone, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be alone together. That you give us friends community and a spirit of communitas and lord we invite you to be our commander in this place we pray in the name of jesus and everybody say amen Amen. we really hope you enjoyed that sermon we will continue to post new sermons every single monday we'd love to see you at our live facebook premiere next time they are at 9 45 11 30 and 8 p.m pacific standard time If you join us there, you can participate in live chat and connect with people in real time. Hope you can join us this Sunday. See you next time.